Hey guys, you're listening to Soul Food. My name is Daniel and I'm the pastor for a church called Soul here at Alustar in Malaysia. Now, I'm a curious kind of guy and I love to learn new stuff. So, in this podcast, we will dive into conversations with different individuals that will help us with our views of certain habits and behaviors that take place in our culture. I believe the conversations on this podcast will help us to expand our perspective. This is Soul Food. Let's dive right in. You're listening to Soul Food. Um, this episode is brought to you by friends and family at Soul. Um, this time around, I'm just excited um, because I've heard him speak um, during the Revo conference. Shout out to Pastor Andy. Thank you for that amazing conference we had online. Um, immediately, I was drawn to what he was talking about, about race and identity. And tonight, uh, recording this session, Stephen and Trixie, how are you guys doing? Great. Thank you for having us here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, didn't manage to meet Trixie the last time around uh, because the two little kids needs mommy's attention. Uh, and just a little uh, information. We are recording this episode right now at 1030 PM, just like any other parents in the world with young kids. <laughs> uh, but thanks again for, for doing this. Um, really love the, the work that you're getting into. But I want to maybe get a little information from you. Maybe you can share with all of us, like what does Rojak Culture do and what both of you do? Yeah, so we started Rojak Culture back in 2015. And the aim behind that was really to kind of spark a movement of friendship among the different people groups of Malaysia, the different cultures or races or however you want to define that. And a lot of kind of like our backstory is based on us, like us getting to know each other, us going through that whole process of kind of going cross-cultural and understanding a different perspective and sort of understanding ourselves from a different perspective. And, and that gave us real passion for that sort of intercultural unity and that dynamic. Right. Um, and then we saw, you know, some of the underlying dynamics here. And we just felt like as, as people that are passionate about that and as Christians too, we wanted to do something to just kind of move that, a few steps forward, hopefully. And so we started with uh, launching the Lakebot game. And mm. that's just like sort of our, our tool, our way of kind of promoting cultural curiosity, which we'll, we'll talk about later a little bit, um, bringing people together to, to be in person, face-to-face rather than just on their phones. And yeah, start building those relationships and celebrating Malaysianness. Nice. Uh, personally, I haven't played that game yet, but I was just checking out online. Um, I think Ginny Boy and his friends, they really had fun playing that game. It was just messed up. <laughs> but I, I think it was fun yeah, at the same time. time. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so yeah, um, the Lepa game, are you all planning to do an online version since with the whole pandemic and we can't meet one another? No, I think a parent with young kids, if anybody wants to take up the challenge, we really welcome that. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. It'd be nice to open to collaborate with someone who can make it an online version. Um, yeah, the game is amazing. And I think what you guys have been doing is, is truly amazing as well. Um, but to have this kind of conversation 
in a church or in an office setting or with friends, it's it's really, really tough, especially for us as Malaysians. I wouldn't say really tough, but maybe there is that little, I don't know, awkwardness or or you know, that, that feeling that is hovering. And so during one of the sessions at Revo, I I remember Stephen was showing the picture. I, I know it's a picture that's been used many times, but basically it's a box of um, people standing, sorry, people standing on top of boxes, you know, equality and equity. I think a lot of people are familiar with that picture, you know, where um, if you are equal, not everybody might see the race <clears throat> over the fence. But if it's equity, then you arrange the boxes, you know, appropriately. And I think that image has stuck in my head. But again, you know, in our culture today, uh, we are striving towards equality. I think everyone is talking about it so much, equality, equality in this, you know, um, not just the LGBTQ, but um, focusing on just people like us, you know, who are here in Malaysia with the different races between Malay, Chinese, and Indians. I mean, we have our fair share to deal with as well. Um, but to come back to maybe a, a focus of people around, I would say, the church area, how we could do better. And I think there are certain things that I know we don't talk about in church, but I think we can do better in terms of equality and versus equity. So you talk about the benefit of equity and all. And so I want to ask you guys, like, is achieving equity something idealistic? Like, really? You know, is is really, can we achieve that? Because for so long, you know, we've been talking about equality. Yeah, and, and maybe to, to kind of give a little bit of a, a lead up to answering that, I'll just kind of explain sort of the, the fundamental difference maybe between those two ideas. Um, with Equality, as most people think of equality, it's usually the idea of equality of opportunity. Um, and equity is seen as equality of outcome. And the issue there, and the reason that there's so much tension between these things, both of them are good. Both of them are really good. Hmm. Um, but the, the reason there's so much tension is that you can't really have them both. Or you can you can try, but they kind of contradict each other and yes. so if you're trying to pursue equality of opportunity that means you want to just a level playing field everybody gets the same opportunities um, you're gonna have to sacrifice the equality of outcome because you cannot control what people are going to do with the same opportunities mm -hmm. right like if if everybody listening to this podcast right now received 5,000 ringing. Um, people are going to do different things with it. You know, some people may be out of work because of the pandemic. And so they're going to use it to just pay the rent and put food on the table. And someone else might still have, have their job and their bills are covered. And so they're going to use that money to invest. Mm -hmm. And so a very equal opportunity situation has completely different outcomes. And the other thing with equality of opportunity is that people start at different places. No matter how much we want to think that there's, there's equality at birth and we're the same at birth, we are not. That's like winning the lottery or losing the lottery. Like you could be born the heir of billions mm -hmm. or you could be born in a, an Indian slum. 
you know? And so there, there is just by birth inequality. And so it's actually impossible to really offer people a level playing field. But we should try. We should still try. Um, on the other side is equality of outcome. And that's what people usually refer to as equity. And so that's trying to give everybody the same or, or some sort of equal end scenario. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in, in Malaysia, I think probably the, the, the most provocative example I can think of, you know, if I want to get the conversation started for people, is the new economic policy. The idea there is to sort of redistribute wealth based on race and to give it a little bit more of an equal outcome of who holds Malaysia's wealth. Mm-hmm. They, and so the way they do that, though, the way they're forced to do it is by controlling the opportunities. And so you pursue equality of outcome. You have to compromise equality of opportunity. And if you pursue equality of opportunity, you can't guarantee equality of outcome. And so that's kind of just like a, a basic framework that generally the world breaks equality and equity up in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, as, we, as we've been thinking about these things a lot and wanting to sort of speak into this, we look at it as we need to figure out what are what a real basis for equality is at all. And that is, especially for Christians, twofold. We're made in the image of God. And that's regardless of race, regardless of where you were born. Yeah, that's right. Regardless of what you look like, regardless of gender. And you've been paid for, you've been ransomed by the blood of Christ. So the, the price on you mm. is the same for anyone. You know, you have been purchased, and that price is the blood of Christ. And that's true for everyone as well. And so for, for Christians, we have like an incredible basis from which we can understand equality. Like that's an equality of value, what people are worth. Mm -hmm. And from there, I think from that place, we can start thinking of if we value people equally, at least hypothetically, if we value people equally, then we should start trying to understand their individual or their group situation well enough to help people where they are. Mm. And so that's where we start getting to equity as, as a result of having an equality of value, valuing people the same as everyone else means that I'm going to start looking at other people and understanding where they're at. Maybe you're the heir of billions and maybe you're not. And so how, I, how we uh, address some social issues should be informed by those different situations to some extent. And then when you think of culture, how we think of the different groups around us, we can better approach one another, better respect one another, better honor one another if we understand each other's differences actually if we understand that not everybody sitting at that table 
you know, at lunch speaks Cantonese. Yeah. Right. And so like, you might not be like anybody, you know, it's, it's, it's lunchtime. You want to chill, you want to rest. So you're going to speak the language that's easiest yeah. to relax. Yeah. In. But Hey, you, you just forgot, you know, a couple of your coworkers don't speak that language. And so they're, they're excluded. Not intentionally. It's not like, like a, a, a racial thing, but without being really intentional about seeing people, seeing where they're at, seeing what their, their culture is, what their values are, what their needs are, we can very easily just assume that one sort of set way of doing things will work and be equally beneficial for everyone. Yeah, I mean... Thanks for bringing it up. That was in my head because, yeah, I'd like to use that scenario as well. You know, if someone is having lunch or dinner together, you know, like if Trixie's family, like we're having dinner and all of them start speaking Hokkien, right? She's just from Klang. So what you're saying is to make you feel belonged, let's say, for example, she has to really think about the quality of outcome, which is equality, right? That means there has to be a certain intentionality to it is that what you're trying to say yeah absolutely like it it has to be like intentionally seeing other people okay and seeing them for who they are and not not judging the difference as a a bad thing Mm -hmm. but understanding the difference so that you can more appropriately meet that person where they are right and understand that person because in my head like i keep thinking like equality versus equity like you know let's find which is the best policy and let's stick to it you know because I, i'm for one to see a healthy culture thriving i think there are a lot of um habits over the years um the way we view people you know the way we think about people <clears throat> uh, one thing growing up um that i <laughs> really didn't like is um you know how when we could be having dinner in the next table and yet a table, there'll be a Chinese family who unintentionally who wants to discipline their child. You don't go anywhere. Later, this Indian uncle will come and catch you. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's... Oh, man. Now, this is a dinner situation where this person um, has no relationship. I have no relationship with this person. No, no value in this. But the sad thing is sometimes in church or in offices, you know, when people that you're close with. Um, there's this um, book by Dr. Jack Schaefer. It talks about the friendship formula. And, and one thing I like about it, it talks about um, becoming a friend. Um, there are four things, four elements, which is proximity, uh, frequency, duration, and uh, intensity. So I think when we come to church or in an office setting, the proximity brings us together. Would you say that, you know, now that we are in the office together and all, or in a church setting, I should take the extra effort, even though like, you know, you gave an example just now, ah, it's my lunchtime. Come on, guys, it's Sunday, man. Let me chill a little bit. La. Come on, la. chill, la. chill. Joke. The Malaysians will say, joke, la. joke, bro. Cannot take joke, la, bro. Joke, la. you know. How, how can we, I don't know if educate is the right word. What, what, what do you say? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Trixie, you want to weigh in on this? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like like you say, 
yeah. I don't know. When, when I think about equity, one of the first thing that comes to mind in a more institution level or, or company level, or yeah, church level is uh, find out where the power is and where the lack of power is. Like who is at the bottom rung of the power? Me, who has the less least voice? Who is the minorities? Who are the ones that, yeah, are, are the minorities, right? And and realize, well, let's like try to think through how can we give more more of a voice to them is right. the first thing that comes to mind, right? Like, so for instance, like, like you'd say, let's say in your church, it's mostly Chinese or I don't know, or if it's mostly Indian, I'm not sure. If the Indian is the minority, then yeah, then try to see them and be more intentional in thinking, hey, how would I feel if I'm the only one or two that's different in this in this situation? And try mm-hmm. to maybe take the extra effort to reach out to them, be, be a friend to them and, and hear them out and maybe invite them to share with the group like about themselves, you know, like try to uh, open up the opportunity, try to be that voice, yeah. And I think it goes with all, yeah, it can be in institution, it can be even in our social circles, mm-hmm. in our lunch group, yeah, like who is that minority there? And I, I remember in my uh, office as well, there would be, you know, one or two Malays. And the, the, the thing that would separate us other than language is food. You know, yeah. we have to choose the halal or non-halal option, right? And yeah, so I think uh, usually it would happen. Yeah, we would choose days where we would all do halal food. And then there's like one or two days where we're like, okay, we're going to go with whatever we want to eat. And right. but we try our best to, you know, still go as a group and, yeah, I'm speaking a language that everybody would be included. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that view. Um, to all the listeners here, I mean, sometimes to talk about this is as if we are striving for perfection. I remember I had a conversation after I did a session with my sister about race, you know, and some things that we used to face when we were younger. Someone actually said like, hey, um, DK, are you striving for perfection? Is that what you you want? Like a perfect society? I said, no, I just want things to be healthier. You know, and I think tonight, one of the things that I've learned, again, coming with this perspective of maybe equity is better than equality, but actually to embrace both of it, you know, to recognize in which situation do I apply it, you know? And I think very importantly, I mean, for me as a pastor in a church, um, I want to intentionally also see, you know, um, those who are Chinese, you know, embrace and understand what the Indians think about, you know, and how they, uh, certain cultures and everything. So I remember preparing for this podcast. I was talking to my team. I said, um, you know, one of the things that we do in our church that because of our past culture that we do it so easily is that when it comes to Chinese New Year, we have a special service for Chinese New Year service. All right. When it's Christmas, we have a special Christmas service. But I don't have a special Deepavali service. Now again, I know I, I know Deepavali is a is a Hindu um, um, festival and, and worship. I'm not saying that we're gonna do that in church, but I'm saying that you know to honor our Indian brothers and sisters. So when I told my team, they were like, Yeah, you're right, you know, and, and we recognize in the church and growing up for myself even, you know, and because predominantly most of them are Chinese, so it's always Chinese New Year special, you know, and then we have the church were closed and everything. But as I grow older, I begin to realize, you know, actually what would an Indian brother think? You know, what would they actually feel? You know, and so 
That's why I feel conversations like this is very hard. I know if a young person to listen to this is going to be like, why Pastor DK is talking about this, you know? But I think it's crucial. It's really crucial to talk about this, you know? Um, and especially right now um, with the pandemic, we don't go to school anymore. We hardly see our friends. We are always at home, you know? Yeah, kudos to those who have online gaming friends and they're playing games and they meet different people online and stuff. Um, and they, they meet Americans or Europeans or whoever, you know? But this is one aspect of it. It's, it's, it's so, it's, it's much deeper to meet someone face to face, you know, and like Trixie, you were sharing your story earlier, how you were in Chinese school, right? And being the only Chinese there and you reference yourself as a banana, right? And, and yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's a truly remarkable journey. So coming back to, again, you know, building a healthy um, society, how how would you educate maybe someone? I want to say someone who's a leader, but you know what? Let's let's forego that. How about just a normal person? What can we do? How can we educate someone? You know who is. You know what? Just you and me. How can I just learn to love you and be a better friend? You know, understanding equality and equity. Yeah, I think um, probably the like one way to think about this. I'll say it like this, like, is that so much of the conversation in Malaysia is about race. Mm -hmm. And to continue on that basis for conversation, uh, it's, it's naturally divisive. It's naturally creates a hierarchy. It creates, creates a power structure. Um, and so kind of moving from that race orientation to this kind of conversation to a, a cultural orientation to things and start seeing one another as having different cultures and recognizing the differences and, and valuing those differences. I mean, the, the difference between race and culture, they, they, there's so many ways to come at that, but if you just start a, a Google search and you put in race, it will like give you these possible options before you hit enter of how to finish that. And so many of those are, are just divisive. It's, it's like a negative thing. If you put in culture, the potential ways of finishing that are generally positive. Culture is generally like a positive thing. And I know like Malaysians are really, really culturally adaptive mm -hmm. in so huge ways. I, I've benefited from, my, from myself so many times as Malaysians kind of coming alongside and assuming that I don't understand everything, which I don't. I've been here for 14 years. I still don't understand everything. There's a lot to learn. And so them being able to come alongside me, see me as different and help me along. But they have to recognize that I'm different. They have to recognize that I'm, I'm culturally a different thing than, than them. And so if I, I would say if Malaysians are able to do that for one another, for I know there's many different cultures here, but for Malay, Chinese, and Indian, for instance, if we start there um, and start seeing one another as having a different culture and culture is valuable, you know, especially for Christians. I, I don't know, maybe some Christians won't want to hear this, but you're going to be spending the rest of eternity with people of different skin colors and different yeah. races, different cultures. And they're going to be speaking different languages and they're going to be culturally not the same as you. And I, I just can't imagine heaven 
as a place where you have like an American corner of heaven <laughs> and, and like, a, I don't know, a British corner and a, an Indian corner and a Chinese corner, you know, I don't think it's going to be segregated. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, that picture in Revelation of every tribe, tongue and nation, we're a mixed multitude. We're all standing together. Mm-hmm. That's proximity. That's also duration because it's for all of eternity. Yeah, you're right. And so we're going to be together. Uh, if, if that's where we believe we're going, we have to start thinking and asking the question of how that informs where we are today and how we might want to be moving towards more of a multicultural understanding of what church is, of what community building or what workplace engagement looks like and all those things because we have an incredible like theology within the bible about what what multiculturalism looks like um so yeah i I would say move that move the conversation from race to culture and that should lead us into like more of a playful situation actually like like with the the late game we talk about having a culture of curiosity, promoting curiosity among people that are different from one another. Mm-hmm. And like real simply put, you're just offering people a framework to be curious about each other and it's safe. And you can ask questions and you're not going to be seen as intolerant or, or anything because you don't already understand. Um, man, you look at me, you can tell that I'm not local. So if I was to ask you about your culture, yeah, a lot of Malaysians feel like kind of honored that I want to know about their culture. Mm-hmm. So for one another too, we can't just assume every Malaysian knows everything there is to know about each other. Uh, we're all coming at it from different points of reference, different experiences. I mean, you shared that, um, you know, the sort of what, what a Chinese family might say to their kid, watch out or the black man will take you away or something like that, right? Yeah. And the number of times I've heard that example, it's, it's so many. I've been in the lift where a woman says that to their kid. And I, I, I'm i not black, but I don't know if she's talking about me or not, because I was the only one in there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But to be honest, like, imagine that kid grows up. Mm-hmm. That th- There's a certain uh, narrative that's that's happened for that kid over the years yep. of hearing yeah. something like that. And so there's going to be like almost a trauma. Mm. Uh, There there can be like an emotional or a physical reaction when you see somebody of of a color or a race or a culture that you've been told over and over again, watch out where that person's going to take you away. Yeah. When you get older, it it remains with you. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of it is also understanding ourselves well enough to know where our bias is. It's not to, to, you know, judge people that have heard those things and they still have this, this bias within them. It's just to understand that it's there. Yeah. We're not trying to condemn anyone. And the idea is, I mean, you're talking about making things perfect. The truth is pursuing this sort of thing makes things messier. Mm-hmm. You know, it does. you start uncovering all sorts of stuff that's been swept under the rug yeah. Uh, you start learning things about yourself from another perspective that might be difficult. Mm-hmm. And it, it's really messy yeah. at times. 
I think ultimately why why I want to talk about this, you know, about equality and equity, is just that as a father right now, you know, and having a daughter who we are a, literally a Rojak family. You know, I am a Chindian. My wife is an Indonesian. So I, I call her a Chindonesian, both my kids, right? They are way mixed. Um, I, I really want her, you know, to understand that there's nothing wrong with different races around, you know, and that at times... There are many aspects, you know, to wanting to be equal. You know, you want a better advantage and everything. And then, you know, you start, um, like, I think another example would be because the person who wants to rent a the house, they, they would be like, um, um, do, are, you, are you a Chinese person? You know what I mean? And so I'm not, so I will, but I will speak Mandarin to use it as my leverage, you know, to get, get at home. So like back again, like I'm saying, like as a father now with a daughter, you know, I want her to grow up and a son, you know, I want them to grow up in an environment, you know, where, hey, reality is this, but I want you to grow up not having these biases, you know, um, to really think about others, to understand that, yep, we might not have the same opportunities, but it's okay. You know, we can make a difference. And I think um, one big takeaway that I learned from both of you tonight is really to get the focus away from race to culture, like what kind of culture we want to have ultimately at the end of the day, you know, how we embrace one another, how we care for one another. And I don't know how long that might take, but I hope one day we, 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 will, we will get there, you know. Um, I have to admit, I will not make fun of Indians to catch my kids, but I find myself once or twice saying, one or twice saying that, you don't listen to me, the policeman is going to catch you. Now, I, I, have, to, I have to admit that, you, you know, it's just, and, I, and then when I catch myself saying that, my wife would be like, we don't say that in Indonesia, why do you say that? You know what I mean? And I begin to realize that, oh my gosh, culturally, you know, for such a long time, you know, and there's no equality to policemen at all right now in this situation, right? So I think again, it's to be mindful. So I think before we end this episode, like what is one thing that you would, want everyone to you know capture in the essence of building uh, a society that really know how to use equality and equity uh, I, I guess like if you boil all this down to like this most simple sort of like characteristic it's really empathy. Like we're, we're just trying to, to be empathetic and kind of put, put yourselves in the shoes of someone else. Um, if, you're, if you are a gamer, you know, you talked about gamers earlier. If you are a gamer, you're used to doing this. You, you've been doing this all along. You don't realize you're, you're being empathetic because you're trying to destroy the other person in the game, you know? Right. But you are actually, if, as you play games, uh, you are having to see or imagine everything from that other person's vantage point. Mm -hmm. uh, you're having to put yourself in their shoes and think of what strategy they're going to be doing against you in order to try to create a strategy that will beat them. This is, this is just straight up empathy. You are being extremely empathetic when you do that. And 
I mean, when we talk about this on a cultural level, we're not trying to destroy anybody. Um, but if you can do that, trying to destroy someone, how much more when you're trying to actually bridge and trying to create um, the kind of culture, the kind of society that I think we all want. And in the end, it really just kind of boils down to us all taking small steps towards that. Uh, you know, if everybody is moving towards empathy a little bit uh, and seeing one another and trying to understand each other from, from that perspective, then we're going in the right direction. That's good. Really to put yourself in someone else's shoe. Trixie, you want to add on anything, Trixie, from your side? Yeah, I think uh, I just, you know, another thing to add is that it's actually a really fun process to pursue people from different cultures, right? Different mm. races. I think I noticed, like, even as I catch myself talking earlier, like, it is not just all sacrifice, but it is an adventure. It is so uh, enriching and fulfilling. Uh, be it, yeah, when, you know, I get to, you know, this is not a great example, but get to experience his culture, you know, travel. Uh-huh. But then in a way, when we enter into, you know, the, say the Indian and Malay culture, like really enter, immerse, go into their house, really eat what they eat and then really, you know, uh, get into it like in a deeper level than what we're used to. You know, it's, it is an, another form of traveling, I would say. Mm. Uh, or I'm in a WhatsApp group with uh, 20 over, you know, Malay ladies and it's, it's just incredible the amount of things that I learned, their language and lingo, their heart, they are the way they think. And it's, and it illuminates actually so much deeper how I think that is different or that is similar. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Steve said, it creates such a, an opportunity for us to hone that skills of, of being empathetic and Hey, what would they think right now? And how would they respond right now? And, and then try to respond in that manner, and not. And this is not losing your authenticity at all, because you're you're still holding on to your values. But but being able to honor them and be where they are, and also enter into other people's emotions if there is a need, you know. Uh, yeah, and that is just an incredible, enriching, amazing process that is that is also going to help us in our spiritual walk. Like we, you know, as we yeah, know, definitely. yeah, we know, yeah, we somehow are able to then see uh, God better as well. And yeah, I think another story to end with is, you know, um, we always hear, uh, or yeah, we've always heard the gospel as described as a marriage, right? God uh, is finding a a bride for his son. You know, Jesus is the bridegroom and he's looking to get married to the church or the bride. The church is, you know, the bride in the end. And uh, so, yeah, we've really experienced that in in, uh, our culture. So for the Chinese culture, uh, Steve, when the first time he attended a Chinese wedding, he was so struck by, huh, it's actually more emphasis on the parents. And, you know, the dad would go out and give the speech of honor. Right. You know, it's about preaching to this kid. And it's like, well, you know, now you're going to continue on this, you know, family honor or legacy or whatnot. It's going to be so great, blah, blah, blah. Lots of advice. And then, uh, for some weddings I've been to, it's almost like 60, 70% of the parents' guests and 20, 30% are, you know, the bride and the groom's guests, you know. Yeah. So it's a celebration for the parents almost. Uh, and then um, the another culture that we experienced is recently an Arab wedding 
mm-hmm. where we talk, wait, let's talk about the Western wedding first. So everybody knows the Western wedding where the emphasis is on the bride, uh, bride usually. The bride is like, she gets her dream, she gets to plan her wedding, yeah. you know, it's like her happiness, her dreams come true. And it's true. And another, the last experience that we've more recently experienced is a Middle Eastern, I think Arab, yeah, Arab wedding, where the emphasis is actually on a bridegroom. So they would have a dance party in the front of the wedding. Uh, and uh, it would be the bride and the bridegroom and his friends. And his friends would be, you know, holding him up with joy and just celebrating. And it was uh-huh. like, yeah, you want something really great. You want your prize. <laughs> so that was just an amazing picture of like how different cultures give just this fuller perspective of what the gospel is. And yeah, so we've seen just with this wedding metaphor mm. and energy of, of like, wow, it's, both the parents, it's, you know, God, it could be the son and it's the bride, you know, it doesn't quite tie it up, tie up with the, you know, but yeah, it's it's focusing on this angle and how it's focusing on each party has their, their happiness and you're zooming in on that happiness and, you know, different angles of things. And, and yeah, it's just such an enriching experience. It just, you know, makes you love God in with such deeper depth. And when you understand things, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're able to see things, understand things in such a different way. As both of you were doing a closing statement, the, the, the word that came to my head was Belum Chuba, Belum Tao. It's such an enriching, right, yeah. an enriching thing, you know. So I think really get out there to understand. I think sometimes the battle for myself, I think I've started changing, you know, and I'm so grateful for this conversation because, you know, I realized that equity and equality is, is, is really learning a way of living, you know, really to learn to appreciate people and recognize the position and the situation that they're in. And ultimately, like what Stephen said just now, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoe. Um, thank you so much, guys, for your input. You know, I mean, we can go on and on, uh, but we would like to have you back again to talk something about this. Um, but for our listeners, you can check them out on Rojak Culture, their IG. Um, that's their handle. Um, check out the game, the Lepak game as well. Um, I'm going to order it lah real soon. You can start playing it once this whole pandemic is off. Uh, thanks again, guys. See ya. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Soul Food is part of a community and we believe that connections matter. Follow us on our Instagram at Soul Malaysia or mine at Daniel Quillen and we would love to connect with you. Send us a DM if you've got any questions. Thank you for listening and do share this podcast with your friends.